From fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, it's the Top of the Tower podcast. I'm your host, Scott Feibusch from Feibusch Media. Out here in Las Vegas, not just for the NAB show, which of course is the star attraction of this week, but it's just one of the many occasions that brings together all sorts of broadcasters and people from affiliated fields to do all sorts of things. I've been attending meetings of the Public Radio Engineering Conference, a public TV tech summit hosted by PMVG. There are meetings coming up for radio station brokers. Lawyers are here, hold up in their suites at the Wynn and the Encore, talking to clients. There's business going on in hotel rooms and meeting rooms all over the city. If you want to be energized about broadcasting, this is the place to be. There's something else new this year at Las Vegas that I'm really happy to be part of. My friends at Max Connect are doing a new radio station that will be broadcasting live all through the NAB show from their booth in the West Hall at the uh, on the show floor. It's called Max Radio. You can find it at maxradionow.com with live streaming. If you're in Las Vegas, you can tune in on KKLZ 96.3 HD2. And when you do, one of the pieces of content that you'll hear are interviews that I'm doing with interesting uh, broadcasters, which will show up in much longer form as we revive the Top of the Tower podcast. I wanted some inspiration going into NAB, and the person I reach out to when I want inspiration about becoming a better broadcast talent myself and about finding out what people need to know as they get into this industry is Valerie Geller of Geller Media International. She is one of the most inspirational people that I know uh, on the topic of radio communication. I sat down via clean feed and talked with Valerie a week before the convention, starting out with some of the things that she's looking forward to here in Las Vegas. Well, it's really exciting to be back at an NAB because with COVID and everything else, people, I think, had stayed away or done everything virtually. So the best part about NAB is getting to, you know, play with all the toys on the exhibit floor and going to sessions and seminars where you can look into people's eyes and have human connection and ask your questions. Trends. It is an amazing time. Radio in particular is in a time of change. We are at a moment where things are shifting. And so we've seen it happen in so many other industries, but now we're really, really seeing it in radio. The latest thing that everybody's talking about, and I'm sure you're doing a lot of coverage, is AI. You know, how much human uh, content creation and how much automated uh, content creation will there be? And, you know, we've all been using uh, automation for years and years and computer generated. Every time you call a doctor's office, anytime you um, call anyone, there's going to be the automated, would you like English? Would you like Spanish? That sort of thing. So we've been dealing with AI for a long time, but now uh, it's going to be coming over the airwaves. So that I think is something very new. And for storytellers and content creators, we have to really look at how do we work with it? It was Charles Darwin who said, you know, it's not the strongest of the species that survives. It's the one that's the most adaptable to change. So how can we adapt and embrace all the new technologies and make it work? Uh, what I do, I work with journalists and content creators and storytellers for podcasts and broadcasts, and we work with growing audiences. So it becomes with facing the blank page. How do you find your focus? How do you engage uh, with your audience? Uh, how does it relate to the audience? Why should they listen? Why should they watch this? How can they find you? All of those things and getting and keeping growing audiences. It is absolutely in, in such a state of flux. I had a, a high school student shadowing me. Uh, my radio job last week, and she was asking me questions about what the what the careers look like and, and what to think about. And I'm at the point now, 
after 30 years in this business where I sometimes wonder what what can I tell people? Obviously, there are opportunities out there. There are very different opportunities from the kind of opportunities I had in the 1990s. Well, you need to be able to be social media savvy. You need to be able to understand how to take a piece of content and multi-platform that content across any way a human being can access it. And so anyone coming into the business right now needs to have a very clear understanding of how to work with multi-platform, how to post audio, how to create audio, how to use a video, even if you're in radio, and also how to edit for the eye. Because even if you have a transcription, there are going to be mistakes and you need to clean that up and make sure it reads well for the eye when people are reading your audio content online. So suddenly you have to be an octopus. The other part of it is if you can't edit and you don't have editing ears, learn how to do that. Because if you're creating content, it's not sometimes what goes on the air but sometimes it's what's on the cutting room floor that's just as valuable. Does this tell your story? Does this further what you want to say? Is it interesting? Always answer, why should someone listen to this? Or here's why you need to hear this. Never be boring. Never be boring. How are people getting feedback? I mean, I, I remember when I started, there was always, you know, there'd usually be somebody else actually doing the physical editing and you would get feedback from them about, oh, this sounds good. This is worth keeping. And I feel like more and more we're all doing this on our own and we're all in our little vacuums. How do you get the kind of responses that you need to know how to do this better, especially if you're just starting in the business? Oh, what a good question. I love it. Thank you for asking that, Scott. The answer is every writer needs an editor. Every actor needs a director. And Every broadcaster and podcaster needs a second set of eyes or ears. It's very, very hard to look in a mirror and air check your own work. So let's talk a little bit about actually getting noticed. I mean, it was one thing, obviously, you know, I think back to my early days in radio. And if you wanted to know what was happening on a Saturday morning in Lowell, Massachusetts in 1991, I was on one of the two places that you could go to hear it, and that was the only place you could get that information. Now it feels like there's just this cacophony of so many voices, and it's awesome because everybody has a chance to get heard. But how do you actually now make yourself stand out as a communicator, whether it's on air, whether it's podcasting, whether you're making TikTok videos? How do you get noticed? Scott, this is one of the great questions, and that is audiences still prefer curation. So even though there is a plethora of choices and, you know, everybody's fighting for attention, the audience really, really likes curation. That's why they prefer to listen to new music on the radio rather than to have to go through a list of 600 choices and have to pick something. They actually did a test uh, and it was with ketchup and then they did it again with jam where in a supermarket they offered 30 choices of ketchup and 30 choices of jams and people couldn't pick but when they offered six people were able to select and this is why if you ever sit in front of netflix uh, on a friday night and think about what to watch and you're going through 300 movies and you end up watching nothing you turn on the tv and there's an old dracula movie and you end up watching that because it is curated for you and there's a part of us as people that we would just like you to serve it to us please we don't want to do it on our own and have to go out and forage and find uh the media so again word of mouth is very powerful uh, any success formula 
is product permanence promotion. You do something, you do it well, you do it consistently over a period of time, and then you let people know where they can find it. And that's a success formula for any business. And I think when you create excellent content, people do find it. I'm thinking about programs like The Moth, you know, or, or public radio shows, Serial, the first podcast that really took off. And what it had was a driver through radio. On uh, public radio, they played the first episode and then basically said to the audience, if you'd like to hear more, go online and here's where you can find it. And what we're finding is that other media is a very good way to point people to your uh, radio show or your podcast. Uh, and that's a very exciting thing. So you never know where people are going to find it. But I'm still a believer in using visual media of every kind. So I still believe in bus boards, billboards. If you're doing local radio, um, I believe in you know, t-shirts. I believe in any way you can shout your call letters and when your show is on and who you are and what it offers listeners. Anytime you can brand, do it. Never lose a listener. Always work to get a new listener, always. So the NAB show is just days away for people listening to this, quote, live, unquote, there is so much, you know, for people who have never been there, it is it is just a feast of opportunities to go to sessions and see stuff on the floor. What are you going to be focusing on? Where's where's your attention span going during the, the few days that we're out there? Well, I'm really excited to be um, presenting a session with James Cridland from Pod News. And James is a radio futurologist, but we're going to be focusing on podcasting with uh, Jared and Dan from Podcast Movement. That is going to be on the 17th at 11.30 in the morning in room N255. And so we're going to do that session looking at podcasting, which is something I think all radio stations ought to get involved in. You know, if you're not podcasting as a radio station, you're missing an opportunity to offer your audience more content, extra content, rebrand, refocus your shows, and also create a new platform for your audiences to find you. So podcasting is something that's really essential. And we're going to be talking about every kind of podcasting stripe. Also doing a sit and spin with Josh Miley uh, for the NAB, and that's going to be fun with Jeffrey Hedquist about storytelling. At the end of the day, it's all about storytelling, although the focus at the NAB is a lot on the technical and a lot on the equipment. If you need equipment, it's an opportunity to test out and look at every single kind of equipment that is under the sun to get your broadcast podcast, film, television, movies, anything you're doing. If it requires getting it from here to there, the NAB is the place to go. And you can really test out everything on the floor. And it's a chance to meet people from all over the world who are doing fascinating things and working with a lot of new ideas. So it's a lot of fun. The number one piece of advice I ever got about the NAB, and the first NAB I went to was in the 1980s. And this advice has served me very well. And here it is. Wait for it. Wear comfortable mm -hmm. shoes. Especially, you know, a lot of women like to look great and they want to wear high heels. Not only wearing high heels makes you feel tall and, and more powerful and, and you're, no, strike all that. Forget it. Forget it. Just wear comfortable shoes. Strike it all. It's not important. What's important is wear comfortable shoes. Let's let's talk about uh, women in particular because you are involved in, uh, in, in the organization MIW, Mentoring and Inspiring Women uh, in Radio. Let's talk a little bit about what MIW does during NAB and, and about the importance uh, of making connections, because that for me is always one of the big things about NAB is just the chance, 
you know, I'll be thinking about, gee, I really need to talk to so-and-so about some project that I'm working on. And you round a corner and there they are. And you get that conversation done in a second instead of exchanging emails for a week. There is no question that the best thing about the National Association of Broadcasters is the opportunity to network and meet people. And it's very, very exciting when you can meet people and make projects happen. The main uh, goal of the MIW, or the Mentoring Women in Radio, the main goal is to reach a hand out to young women or middle management women who might not have a network and need to be mentored. They need that person who is a Sherpa who can help them climb up Mount Everest in radio. And that's what MIW does. And we offer scholarships and menteeships and all kinds of fellowships and opportunities. But it's 100% geared toward mentoring women and helping them get that leg up. Uh, and that's really what, what MIW is about. That is fantastic. Is there sense, I, I kind of get the impression looking at the podcasting world in particular, that that's really kind of opened up a lot of opportunities for more voices to be heard that have struggled sometimes in, in the traditional world of broadcasting. Is that is that your sense too? You know, it's it's going back to remember when the band would be the garage band, you know, suddenly you could record your own album in your garage. Um, this is that. You can have a radio show, on. you can have your own podcast. There's no barrier to entry, but then it becomes, is it a good podcast? And one of the curses of our industry is that because everybody can talk, everybody thinks this is easy. And once you really do a deep dive into podcasting and into radio, you know that it's the great ones who make it look easy. Podcasting is a lot of work. There are an awful lot of people who drop three, four, five, six, seven, eight episodes, and they are never heard from again because they're done. It's just too much work. There are a lot of people who think that they are going to get rich doing a podcast, and that is not the case. Uh, you really have to work for a long time to establish an audience, and once you've established an audience, then you have something that's scalable and saleable. But you know, with, with 35 listeners, you're not going to be able to really sell that powerfully. So again, people get into this thinking they're going to make money and have a lot of fun, and it's not going to be a lot of work, and it's the opposite. It's a lot of work. It will not make profit for quite a while until it gets established. And the bottom line is podcasting, like any other art form, has a lot of people doing it, but not everybody's going to break through. That said, I would never encourage anyone who wants to do a podcast not to do it. If you can be talked out of it, great. But if we can't talk you out of it, do it try it. If you have something to say, uh, you have want your own um, canvas for creative self-expression, you have things to say, you want to interview people, you have stories you want to tell, do a podcast. You know, it's interesting. I'm thinking about this kind of in the context of, of my arc here. I'm just restarting the podcast after having taken some time off in, in the midst of the pandemic. And in the meantime, as as you know, I have been getting involved in, in some other creative ventures that have taken me out of being in a studio, just sort of talking to an empty room and having to imagine who my one listener is that I'm speaking to. And in some cases, uh, doing stand-up shows where sometimes there may literally be one person there that I'm speaking to. But I'm, I'm regretting now not having done more live performing on a stage in front of actual people 
earlier on in my career because I'm feeling like it is giving me now a whole new skill set uh, for learning some new ways of communicating. What what thoughts do you have about how that all plays together? I know I've talked to people who have come into radio with sort of a theater background and have found that it has helped them. Uh, what What matters there? Okay. In the book, Beyond Powerful Radio, I talk a lot about generator-reactor. And it depends on the kind of, of talent that you have. If you're generative, you can be alone in a room and, and talk to one person uh, or be all by yourself, and you're generating a million ideas. And generators do really well with solo shows. Reactors do really, really well when they react off other people. That's when they come to power in their talent. You know, they might not throw out that first baseball, but man, can they hit it back, you know, once the idea is given to them. So facing the blank page is very different for a generator. They have the ideas to fill. A reactor, once you give them the idea, they do a lot with it. Uh, generators tend to do pretty well by themselves, but reactors really need people and they need all kinds of experiences. No experience you have will ever hurt you. So the more you do writing, editing, uh, performing, being on air, being part of a team show, being a disc jockey, being a talk show host, doing the news, being a storyteller, writing fiction, working with nonfiction, writing short form, writing commercials. It all helps you doing public service. Every single thing you do bleeds into what you do. So it all is good. All experience is good. That said, one of the jobs I'm doing right now is consulting and training for Condé Nast and taking some um, of the writers who have come from print and they've been so used to writing for the eye and they need to be um, given a set of tools so that they can now speak and talk to the ear and really be powerful in their podcasts. And so a lot of the challenge of taking print journalists who've never had any opportunity to work in audio and really go through, close your eyes, talk to one person, forget being grammatically correct and talk like you talk, you know? And, you know, we don't want to hear a podcast that sounds like you're in front of your eighth grade class doing a book report. Don't read, just talk. And so sometimes doing that has been very exciting and fun. And they've mastered the print. But what they haven't mastered is the ability to just close their eyes and talk into a microphone. So that's been a lot of fun. We are actually doing that here in Rochester because the public radio station where I work uh, absorbed the local alt newspaper a few years ago. And so all of a sudden we have these people who are wonderful writers and excellent journalists, and we're doing just that. We're training them how to be excellent radio communicators too. It's, uh, it's an interesting sort of reverse to some of, some of what we've all had to learn on the other side of things. Now, you know, radio people learning how to do things in, in print and digital and video, they're learning new skills too, obviously. Well, and, and, and you've really hit the nail on the head, Scott, everybody needs to know how to do everything that you need to be able to write for the eye, speak for the ear, edit, every, and, and, and social media multi-platform. Everybody working in this has to get good at everything. You, you don't have the luxury anymore to just do one thing. And, and I think that the fact that you're doing stand-up now or you're training print journalists to go on air, all of these things are really, really vital. What the main thing with training print journalists is that they all start with attribution. And that works really well for the eye, and it's really good for a headline. But in radio and podcasting, it's better to start with the what instead of the who. So instead of who said it or attributing at the top, what's in it for a listener or what is the story and then attribute? I'll give you an example. 
if you are writing off a press release, you know, in print, it might say, according to a press release from the Museum of Modern Art, the Picasso will only be here through the 15th. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you are doing it for, for podcast or broadcast, if you haven't seen the Picasso, you only have until the 15th. That's according to a press release from the Museum of Modern Art. Put your attribution at the bottom, put the what before the who, and it works better. And that's a really important thing to train people who come from print because they learned the other way. And that came from newspapers 150 years ago. If you attribute it at the top, if they cut, they cut from the bottom. I don't even like according to. It's just the Museum of Modern Art says the show will That's it. That's it. it. Exactly. Exactly. Talk like you talk. A conversation with Valerie Geller, the president of Geller Media International, here on the Top of the Tower podcast. We're going to catch up with her again during the week here at the NAB Show. Again, a reminder, you can hear all sorts of interviews from the show floor and other live content on Max Radio. It's at maxradionow.com, two X's in Max, or you can tune in if you're in the Las Vegas area on KKLZ 96.3 HD2 during the NAB show. We're going to be collecting all kinds of content for interviews there, and then you'll hear it in longer form here on the Top of the Tower podcast as it gets started up again. I would love to hear from you about what you want to hear on this podcast, people to talk to, people you'd like to hear interviews with, questions you'd like to have answered. Reach out to me at scott at fibush.com, and I would be happy to Take your ideas into consideration as the Top of the Tower podcast resumes. Thanks so much for being with us. I'm Scott Feibusch from Las Vegas. I'll see you on Max Radio.